Chapter Sixteen of Bullets and Billets by Bruce Bairn's Father. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Sixteen: New Trenches, the Night Inspection, Letter from the Bystander. Next day we discovered the mystery of our sudden removal. The Battle of Neuve Chapelle was claiming considerable attention, and that was where we were going. We were full of interest and curiosity, and were all for getting there as soon as possible. But it was not to be. Mysterious moves were being made behind the scenes which I and others like me will never know anything about. But, anyway, we now suddenly got another bewildering order. After a day spent in Armentiers, we were told to stand by for going back toward Neuvigliese again, just the direction from which we had come. We all knew too much about the war to be surprised at anything, so we mutely prepared for another exit. It was a daylight march this time, and a nice, still, warm day. Quite a cheery, interesting march we had, too, along the road from Armentiers to Neuvigliese. We were told we were to march past General Sir Horace Smith Dorian, whom we should find waiting for us near the Pont de Nieppe, a place we had to pass en route. Everyone braced up at this and keenly looked forward to reaching Nieppe. I don't know why, but I had an idea he would be in his car on the right side of the road. To make no mistake, I muttered eyes right to myself for about a quarter of a mile so as to make a good thing of the salute. We came upon the Pont de Nieppe suddenly, round the corner, and there was the general, on the left. All my rehearsing useless. Annoying, but I suppose one can't expect generals to tell you where they are going to stand. We reached Neuvigliese in time and went into our old billets. We all thought our fate was back into those old plug-street trenches again. But, mirabile dictu, it was not to be so. The second day in billets I received a message from the colonel to proceed to his headquarter farm. I went and heard the news. We were to take over a new line of trenches away to the left of Plug Street, and that night I was to accompany him along with all the company commanders on a round of inspection. A little before dusk we started off and proceeded along various roads towards the new line. All the country was now brand new to me and full of interest. After we had gone about a mile and a half the character of the land changed. We had left all the Plug Street wood effect behind and now emerged onto far more open and flatter ground. By dusk we were going down a long straight road with poplar trees on either side. At the end of this stood a farm on the right. We walked into the courtyard and across it into the farm. This was the place the battalion we were going to relieve had made its headquarters. Not a bad farm. The roof was still on, I noticed, and concluded from that that life there was evidently passable. We had to wait here some time, as we were told that the enemy could see for a great distance around there, and would pepper up the farm as sure as fate if they saw anyone about. Our easy-going entry into the courtyard had not been received with great favor, as it appears we were doing just the very thing to get the roof removed. However, the dusk had saved us, I fancy. As soon as it was really dark, we all sallied forth, accompanied by guides this time, who were to show us the trenches. I crept along behind our colonel with my eyes peeled for possible gun positions, and drinking in as many details of the entire situation as I could. We walked about ten miles that night, I should think, across unfamiliar swamps and over unsuspected antique abandoned trenches, past dead cows and pigs. We groped about the wretched shell-pitted fields, examining the trenches we were about to take over. You would be surprised to find how difficult a simple line of trenches can seem at night if you have never seen them before. 
you don't seem able to get the angles somehow nor to grasp how the whole situation faces or how you get from one part to another and all that sort of thing i know that by the time i had been along the whole lot round several hundred traverses and up dozens of communication trenches and saps all my mariner-like ability for finding my way back to Neuviglis had deserted me. Those guides were absolutely necessary in order to get us back to the headquarter farm. One wants a compass, the pole star, and plenty of hope ever to get across those enormous prairies, known as fields out there, and reach the place at the other side one wants to get to. It is a long study before you really learn the simplest and best way up to your own bit of trench but when it comes to learning everybody else's way up as well as a machine-gunner has to it needs a long and painful course of instruction higher branches of this art consisting of not only knowing the way up but the safest way up the night we carried out this tour of inspection we were all left in a fog as to how we had gone to and returned from the trenches after we had got in we knew by long examination of the maps how everything lay but it was some time before we had got the real practical hang of it all our return journey from the inspection was a pretty silent affair. We all knew these were a nasty set of trenches, not half so pleasant as the Plug Street ones. The conversations we had with the present owners made it quite clear that warm times were the vogue round there. Altogether we could see we were in for a bit of a time. We cleared off back to Neuviglis that night, and next day took those trenches over. This was the beginning of my life at Welvergham. When we got in late that night, we found that the post had arrived some time before. Thinking there might be something for me, I went into the back room where they sorted the letters to get any there might be before going off to my own billets. "'There's only one for you, sir, tonight,' said the corporal, who looked after the letters. He handed me an envelope. I opened it. Inside, a short note and a check. "'We shall be very glad to accept your sketch. Where did that one go to?' "'From the bystander.' the foundation stone of fragments from France. End of chapter 16 Recording by Philip Gould